What's up, everybody? Welcome to Full Send University. I am Evan Wider. What's up, Morgan? How are we doing? I'm a little tired. Got a little bit of a headache. It's better now because I took Tylenol. But oops. Tylenol. It's Tylenol. I literally took Tylenol. I don't being smart ass. I hate taking Tylenol. <laughs> so do I. I don't take it all. So I want you to know I bought this backdrop especially for you. I know you did. Because I know you love the moon so much. I do love the moon because we don't know what it is. I know. But I, I'd like to feel if the world ever ended in like, you know, like an Armageddon Bruce Willis type scenario, that would be me. Just kicking back with a beer like, fuck it. How are you going to breathe? It's the end of the world. Where will you get the oxygen from in that suit? Just know, why are you going to crush my reality? Just saying. How's just let it go. I don't know. I don't follow them. Follow the science. Uh, whatever. There is no science to prove that the moon is in outer space at all. All right, all right, all right. Well, as you guys know, um, we're doing a lot of men's mental health episodes this week uh, because it is Men's Mental Health Month. Um, it is something that's very near and dear to my heart. Is it something I struggle with personally, having PTSD, depression, and anxiety? Um, and it is something that we do not discuss enough in society. I think it's very much overlooked. Um, so we have a guest on the show tonight. Uh, he was originally scheduled to be on the live episode tonight, but due to some scheduling conflicts, we couldn't get him on the show. So we brought him in early because he was really excited about talking about this with us. So without further ado, we have the grizzly villain from TikTok. How we doing, man? Hey, how's it going? Uh, just real quick to jump on Morgan's bandwagon. There's another problem with your end of the world scenario. How are you going to drink the beer? There's no gravity. It's like a straw. I mean, they take shit in space all the time, right? How are you getting it through the suit, bro? <laughs> I don't know. I'll work out. Oh. It's minor details. You know what I mean? Semantics. It's, it's minor details. Like, no, it's the thought that, like, if the world is going to end, I'm just, and I'm on the moon, that's me. I just, we're done anyway. So let me just oh, kick back and relax, man. I'm sure it'd be a beautiful view seeing the earth get destroyed on the moon. <laughs> And listen, I did this backstage, but we're going to take a moment on the show to do this. Appreciate the majesticness of the beard. I just can't help it. I'm sorry. We have to do it. It's majestic. I appreciate that. Thank you very You're much. Welcome. <laughs> you are very welcome. She does this all the time. See, you'll find out if you go back and watch other episodes. If you played a drinking game for this show of how quickly it takes for it to go off the rails, you would get just sloshed within the first 10 minutes of the I show. I have Alex like, Jones brain. You so do. I'll be here and I'll be over here and nobody will know how I got there. But you end up being right somehow every time. Always, it's weird. Every time. Usually, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like they described Alex Jones brain one time. He's like, it's like it's a frog crossing a stream where yeah. it's just jumping from stone to stone to stone and you're trying to figure out what the fuck are you doing? Like, how are you getting there? But for whatever reason, what he started talking about, and you question, you asked him, when he jumps around from stone to stone and gets to the other side, it makes complete sense. And you're just like, oh, how the hell did you do that? <laughs> that makes no sense. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi mind fucking that I just endured. <laughs> Whoa. Right? 
My favorite yeah, episode of the Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, when he starts coming. I said the facial expressions on people's faces are the best afterwards when they're yeah. just like. How did I just get dumber <laughs> and smarter? <laughs> I just unlearned everything that I know, but I feel so much smarter at the end of it. Right, because you can ask him a simple question. Okay. It, like, just think of a monotonous question to ask anybody. And somewhere in the explanation of how he's planning to answer that question, blood-sucking vampires from space will be mentioned. And in the middle of that conversation, you have no idea how that ties back to the question. But in the end, it does. And you're just like, why are we not like, this is a completely different species of human being that we're not studying. Somehow, like, you've got to harness that power. But I digress. Um, so for the folks at home who might not know who you are, just tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started on TikTok, you know, things like that. Um, <laughs> I go by the Grizzly Villain on TikTok. Government name's Anthony. Um, I got started on TikTok. I feel like the way basically everybody else got started on TikTok. Um, lockdowns, boredom, nothing much to do. I mean, fortunately, I was an essential worker during the lockdowns that we had here in Florida. But uh, you can't go to the bars or anything like that. So let me mess around on TikTok and see what happens. And uh, my account built a ton of steam uh, overnight, seemingly, because I made a video in response to a deaf bisexual veteran who was just getting roasted for being bisexual and just had some of the worst things possible said about him. So I'm fairly outspoken about a lot of shit and... A veteran's a veteran in my book. I don't give a fuck what you did. You Thanks. paid the ultimate price Thanks. by defending this country. I'll stick, I always got your back. Thanks. And uh, that video blew up like crazy. And I had a really great momentum going. And then uh, all of a sudden, my passion for TikTok dropped off because I stitched a Lady Gaga video the day of the election uh, where she was making a mockery of my people, I felt like, by standing in front of a lifted Dodge and half-ass <laughs> attempting to chug a beer. So I simply wore a MAGA hat and a T-shirt that said, kill all pedophiles. And I actually chugged a beer right to show her how it's done. Right. And before I knew it, like everybody turned on me and TikTok didn't like that. And, so I was shadow banned until the video where you guys found me from, and that's how we are now here. Well, right on. Well, I'm glad we saw it. Um, it came at an interesting time because the guy who tagged me in the video is on the show Friday night, and uh, it just it, it hit at the right time. Like we, we were getting ready for this episode on Friday, and it just lined up perfectly with with, with everything that we were trying to do with the show. And I'm like. I got to ask this guy to be on the show. Like that was the most real raw 60 seconds in a video that I've ever seen on TikTok. I'm like, that's the kind of shit that we need to talk about. And I had, for those of you who don't know, I had sent him a message on a whim. I'm like, there's no way this dude is responding to this. So I just sent the message, put the phone in my pocket, went to work. And then I get a message where he's like, well, I'd be honored. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. So like, I'm really excited to have you on the show, man. Like, it was, it was cool. Dude, I appreciate it. Like I said, I am honored. I mean, it still blows my mind that anybody wants to talk to me. 
it blows my mind that somebody went out of their way recently to make a fake, fake TikTok account pretending to be me. Uh, in a weird way, that's kind of flattering. That um, is flattering. But I was before we went on, I was standing in the kitchen, and in that video, I actually just started going through all the comments on it because there are not enough hours in the day for me to like go through and read what everybody's saying and everything like that. And I, like I was telling her, like, you know, my mind's blown. I'm getting ready to do this awesome show with y'all. And then I'm reading these comments and I have all these people like thanking me and shit. And I'm just like, for what though? Like I literally just spoke my mind and I understand that there's so many people out there that feel that way, but it, it is an honor to like actually have people like, Think a certain way of you. It's terrifying, but same way. It's all this is happening. I think it's one of those things that there's this preconceived notion that once account gets once an account gets to a certain size, that people stop being real. They start saying and doing the things to appease the followers, and they get further and further away from what they stand for. So when you find someone with a bigger account that's just unapologetically them, it says exactly how they feel about stuff. Those are the people that I like to talk to. Because they're not they're not gonna sell out, they're not gonna say the popular thing, they're gonna say what's gonna piss people off, and that's honestly what people need to hear more often than not. The other thing that I liked about that video is we all know the societal stigma that just men don't get emotional about stuff like that. And especially when men look a certain way, they just assume, like, dude, you're built like a fucking brick shit house. Like, most people are gonna look at you and be like, That guy doesn't get that guy doesn't get emotional. Well, he doesn't, he doesn't cry ever. You know what I mean? And then it's like, and then you hear hear what you're saying, and you're like, no, see, that's the shit that we're trying to talk about here. Is that like, dudes do get like that a lot. We just don't say anything because nine times out of ten, no one cares. They don't want to hear it. They just assume like, hey, just scroll the fuck up. You're fine, you know. And so when you see someone like that, you kind of got like, you got to reach out to them almost because it's like, no, those are the real ones that you know you, you almost have to talk to because. They're going to say what needs to be said. Well, I do appreciate that. And, you know, it's one of those things where, like, there is such a stigma about men and emotion and things of that nature. Like, mm. I wasn't always super emotional. I I really tried to fight it most of my life. Yep. And when I noticed the big change, it was when my daughter was born. And I remember what the, when I felt the switch, there's a song by Machine Gun Kelly called 27. You know, if I must go and die at 27, it's a song he wrote to his daughter. Right. And here I am at 27, a couple months after my daughter being born, listening to this song, just bawling my eyes out like the biggest baby back bitch you've ever seen in your life. Right. You know, a couple months later, I'm at my cousin's wedding, holding our friend's newborn daughter thinking you know this is gonna be my life in a couple months i got emotional doing that and all of a sudden it was just like a downward slide where like literally i'm crying at the bar i'm bouncing at during the super bowl last year because a weird father-daughter commercial comes on mm -hmm. and now i have a bunch of drunk assholes looking at me like this is the guy that's supposed to throw us out when we get too rad <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where, like, over time, you do eventually find your way to let it all out. Mm -hmm. And with that said, I'm not going to lie, I definitely am nowhere near the ability to let it all out because there's so much of it, at least yeah. on my end. Uh, so, mm -hmm. 
hopefully that's something that like over time like all men just kind of we stop that stigma of you know fucking bottle it up don't talk about it and we actually get back to asking each other you know are you okay no like really cut the fucking bullshit are you okay like Listen, I feel like I deal with shit like men do because now that I'm sitting here thinking about, I'm like, you guys are dealing with, like, I, I'm not an emotional person. I don't get emotional over stuff. I've noticed my when my heart has softened. Like, certain TikTok videos now, I'll get, like, I'll be like, oh, my heart. Nope, can't watch it. No, I'm not watching it. No, I'm not watching it. <laughs> For me, it, it came... Because I did the same thing. I spent a lot, I mean, a very traumatic childhood. A lot of shit happened. I spent a lot of time running for it, running from it. You know, like, I'm just going to put that shit in a box. I'm going to put that box in the closet. I'll worry about it some other day. And then you get to the point where that closet busts open and there's, there's boxes all over the hall. And you're like, fuck, like, what do I do now? And the day when that happened, I found out that I had PTSD. And then that's why I had a lot of the issues that I had. And that was when I really started to like tap into those emotions almost instead of fighting them all the time. I just let it happen. And there was same thing with you. There was, there was months on end for like, I'd say the first six, seven months after I got back, I was on PTSD. I'd cry for no fucking reason. Like it would just, it hit me and I'd be in fucking tears. And like, people are looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I don't like, I've never, I've never felt like this in my entire life. I don't know what's going on. And it's, it's weird. Cause like you said, you got all those dudes at the bar that look at you or, you know, like, well, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? And then breaking down that stigma of men asking other men if they're okay. There's nothing weak about that. There's nothing, you know, like the fact that a dude has to look at his, his bro and be like, no homo are you okay cut that shit man there's there's nothing wrong with two dudes being like no seriously you good do you need to talk about something right get get rid of the macho bullshit you can't cry in front of your homie because something's bothering you just let it fucking happen dude (laughs) because i'm willing to bet you he's probably feeling the same way about some other shit and doesn't know how to talk to somebody about it so if you both just have a good cry session you can punch each other in the face later to man up and chug a beer and just be done with the whole thing but right this it it annoys me it annoys me so much that guys just can't get past that because i don't want to like make it sound like it's the plight of the man here but you know you constantly hear about you know the unrealistic image of, of what a woman's supposed to look like okay guys get that too there, there is a unrealistic image of what men are supposed to be and what men are supposed to look like and how they're supposed to act we deal with it just as much as women do but see the thing is oh i'm gonna make a statement about that because men don't realize that most women don't want that stigma like oh, yeah like ryan reynolds okay we all, all three of us can agree that Ryan Reynolds is a beautiful That's my man, man crush. My dude, most gorgeous man on the face of the earth. Absolutely. But, but realistically, I don't want that. I want a dad bod. Well, I also think the other thing with that is, too, and forgive me if I'm cutting in on your uh, thing with Ryan Reynolds. Um, do you know? No, then this is legit. Um, one of the uh, creators of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, his name's escaping me right now. Uh, he co-owns a soccer club with Ryan Reynolds. Mm-hmm. And for one of the seasons, and it's always sunny in Philadelphia, he had to get like Ryan Reynolds levels of shredded. And he was talking about how he was just fucking miserable because like his wife and his kids were having a pizza night 
and he's got to eat a can of tuna and a fucking salad again and can't put any dressing on. So I think like, you know, there is like a mental fuck for us men where just because your woman wants to oogle the eight pack abs mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that she wants all the bullshit that goes hand in hand Absolutely. with Absolutely. that man having the eight pack abs. Absolutely. I mean, 100%. if I don't have eight pack abs, I don't expect you to have eight pack abs. For yeah, real. Anyway. I've accepted beautiful to look at, and I'm cool if you've got it and you're digging me. But like, if you don't got it, I'm cool with it because I'm not trying to get up at six o'clock in the morning to go to the gym with you. So, are one of those psychos that gets up on Thanksgiving Day to run like a fucking turkey trot instead of just sitting on his I'm ass doing, doing nothing that. because it's Thanksgiving? Like, no, I'm not that person. But I'm not insane exercising with you. We're not doing that. My thing is, is like, so exercise for me. I can't even say exercise. Lifting mm -hmm. is something that I found that is a huge outlet for me when it comes to letting it all out. Oh, uh, yeah. Just backtracking for a moment when we were talking about noticing these emotions coming up. Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that was until probably two years ago. Uh, I finally bit the bullet and I went to go see a therapist. Keep in mind, Full disclaimer, I'm not telling everybody to do things the way I did them because when I tell you this story, it's going to sound very ass backwards. Um, I went through a couple sessions and I have a history with drug addiction. Mm -hmm. I got myself clean. So I'm very worried about going to see any kind of doctor out of fear that they're going to put me back on it because there's always that chance there. You're always recovering when you're an addict. Right. I don't care if you're 20 years clean or five years clean. So I went in and I'm talking to this therapist and everything. I'm explaining to him all this shit, you know, family members have hurt me. Adults have hurt me. My life's fucked up. I've been homeless, pulled myself out of being homeless, seen a lot of shit that people don't normally see. Yeah. And that's when the therapist diagnosed me with PTSD, depression, anxiety. And I had a lot of fucking questions about that because to me, PTSD is something that's reserved strictly for people who have served. Right. I had no so idea that there, <laughs> I had no idea that there was a civilian aspect of PTSD. And then I went for like three more sessions and just fucking quit because like you told me what I had, you told me how to cope. I don't need to tell some random stranger more about my past because somebody who deals with mental health issues, I'm sure you might feel the same way. You, There's an aspect of it where you feel like if you open up too much to somebody, especially a random person, that's going to somehow get held against you in the future. Yep. 100%. <laughs> and as long as I'm able to you know, remember, hey, this is what it is you're broken but you can be fixed mm -hmm. just keep that in mind and absolutely just keep chucking along that's the biggest thing you can do mm -hmm. that that happened to me when i first started going to therapy like i didn't know what to say you know what i mean like i i knew i had to talk to somebody because like i was it was, it was literally daily anxiety attacks i was always sad 
like I just I, I knew I wasn't me. And real quick, while we're talking about PTSD, like you said, you didn't know there was a like an entirely civilian for that. I think it's a good way to put it. Aspect to, to PTSD. I think people also think that when they hear the word PTSD, they think when people are having an issue with their PTSD that it's a violent outburst. You know, that the, 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 they're swinging at stuff. They're trying to fight people. They're getting aggressive. That is 100% not the case right. at all. Um, when I have an issue with mine, I get like panic and anxiety attacks and I get sad and I just, I collapse in on myself and I don't fucking talk to anybody. There's nothing violent about it. If anything, it's, you would think that like, I'm just I'm chilling because I'm just sitting there like in my head, just like tweaking out, like trying to, you know, get out of the, get out of the past. And I think that's another societal stigma that people have to have to work on. That like, not everyone reacts to that violently. You know, I've I've told people that I've had PTSD and they take a step back for me, and it's like, do you think I'm just gonna like snap like Rambo? Like, that's not. You gotta stop. You know what I mean? This isn't helpful to the conversation when we're trying to work past all this stuff because you automatically lose the ability to talk to somebody if that's their predisposition when they hear that term. But. uh, See, whereas okay. mine is, it's not violent, but it is a form of, I become very standoffish everybody. You know, I can't do the whole big crowds and things like that. Um, but the other aspect of it is, is like, and God love my girlfriend. Like, she's my rock through everything and she understands it. And I'm sure it could be taxing on her, but like, I want to turn everything into a fight with my, like not physical, mm-hmm. but like, Everything for whatever reason pisses me off and it's out of my control. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it. It doesn't matter how much I apologize. I know I'm still in the wrong like shit. But at the same time, like, you know, it's part of the course of working on it and trying to make yourself better and doing whatever I can do to prevent that outburst from happening again. It's just like I'm fucking this up. I have to be fucking this up. Mm-hmm. And it it it's hard not to feel like you're screwing it up. You know what I mean? I and and I'm like you said you you know you're in recovery. I found out in dealing with my PTSD. I found out that I understood drug addicts a lot because my mom, my biological mother, was a drug addict. Um, dick prescription pain medication. Uh, she's 100% the reason for the majority of my trauma as a child. Being honest. Um, it never could keep herself clean and i never understood why she kept going back to it like i just i couldn't i'm a very logical person i'm, I'm an it guy by trade I, I that's what i do i analyze problems and i try to figure out where's the where's the where's the breakdown point and i could never figure out why she did it and then i got diagnosed with ptsd and i had to work through this and i kept noticing i was going back to the same methods of dealing with trauma and emotions and problems and I, I remember sitting in therapy one day and it hit me and I'm like, I don't understand why I keep doing this. Like, I know how I've handled things for for 29 years isn't healthy and I have to change this, but I can't help to keep going back to dealing with it like that. And then it, I was just it was like a light bulb. I'm like, because it's comfortable. I know what happens when I react to the problem that way. I know how I feel emotionally, physically. I, I understand the feelings associated with me bottling up and I can handle that because I've been doing it for 29 years. Doing that a different way and being open and trying to talk through it and process it scares the living shit out of me because I don't know I don't know what comes along with that because I've never done it. 
And then I framed that around uh, around addiction. Addicts don't know a, a life out remember know or remember a life outside of being an addict and what it feels like to, to have that in your system. So the further they get away from that feeling of using, the scarier it gets for them because they don't know what life is like. They don't know what it's going to be like not having that to fall back on. And I understood my mom a lot more. Yeah. Once that once that hit me, like I, I understood why she kept going back to it, and it's it's just crazy the amount of stuff you realize as you start working through this, like how incredibly unhealthy it is to just bottle it up. Absolutely. It destroys you. 100% destroys you right down to your core. And I don't know if this is like the default of like shutting shit out because of PTSD or because of addiction. Uh, but I've talked to other addicts who have experienced the same thing. And like you were saying with uh, not remembering life before the addiction. Uh, I don't really remember much of my childhood, if I'm being completely blunt. Um I remember a lot of the traumatic bullshit, which, same. you know, pretty much same. That's what I remember when I think of my childhood is the trauma, like nothing else. It's like, you know, I, I'd be having these conversations with my cousins because I was very close with my cousins growing up. They were my best friends. And uh, it, they would be like, hey, you remember that time when? And yes, I remember that. But what I also remember is getting my ass beat after you guys left because mm -hmm. nobody was there anymore. I mean, so there's always like, hey, yeah, that was cheery, but there's the association with, no, that was a fucking horrible night. Like, yeah. 100%. It's, and I think, and I think you're right. I think a lot of that comes from modeling it up because I, I, I explained it to someone this way one time who literally, they didn't really know anything about PTSD. Um, and it was funny because they, when I told them that, they said like shell shock from Vietnam, which was the predecessor to PTSD, more or less, when you, when you boil it down. And I was like, okay, so you know what shell shock is, but you've never heard of PTSD. I was like, okay, that's weird, but like we, okay. I'm like, it's not, I said, people with PTSD, I said, it's not that they don't want to let go of the past. The past doesn't want to let go of them. We, we would give anything not to remember that and not to be trapped in that like i i, I would 100 percent if you name the price and i'll do it to not have to relive that shit. it's not really up to us we don't have that choice we can find a way to cope with it we can find a way to work through it and not have it have such a severe impact on our daily life but that's always going to be there there's always going to be something lurking in the back of your mind that's just going to flip that switch and all of a sudden you're, you're a nine-year-old kid again you know what I mean? Remembering all that shit. And it sucks. It's 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 the exact reason why I left New York. I live in Georgia. I left New York because every terrible thing happened to me in New York. And everywhere I looked, it was all bad memories. And I'm like, I'm never going to be able to, to live a normal life if everywhere I look is all this shit that constantly just fucks with my head. You know, and it, it, it sucks. And I don't think people realize that. Like, the more you hold on to that, the more it just taints everything else in your life because it just reminds you of all of it. You know, it's very ironic you said that because I feel like we're uh, one down brothers. I grew up in Pennsylvania. And a part of the reason why I left Pennsylvania to move to Florida was 100% that reason. Um, I did a lot of really, really terrible shit to people. And some of it was a result of my addiction. Um, none of it was like you know, something I couldn't live with myself over. Like, I was hurting other really bad people. 
So that's not a big deal to me. But the reputation that you gain from that mm -hmm. is something that doesn't go away. Yeah. You know, I moved to Florida over a decade ago, made a life for myself, had a daughter, stability, the whole nine. And I think, you know, one of the things that brought back like the memory for me of like why I don't want to be in Pennsylvania is it was my cousin's wedding. It was my girlfriend's first time seeing Pennsylvania. I'm trying to sell her my hometown like it's a goddamn Hallmark movie. <laughs> because, you know, it's, yeah, we've all been there. <laughs> it, it's, a, hometown. it's a small, it's a very <laughs> tiny mountain town that mm -hmm. was built in the Victorian era. It had a lot to do with the making of our nation's history. So it's a very historical place. It's actually very beautiful. But then I remembered the people, and I remember taking my girlfriend to a bar. And some people who are sitting there just kind of looking at me sideways because I'm back in town or we're at the wedding and I'm speaking with a girl I grew up with who I didn't know was going through the same thing I was going through when it comes to being in recovery and just trying to build like, you know, threat line out there like, hey, I'm here for you. And then hear what her mother, who's friends with my family, had said to her, of, you know, that he's no good. He's a druggie. And like that, like for whatever reason, like I know who I am. Yeah, I've made amends with what I used to be, and I've moved on and made a life from that. But in that moment, like the PTSD kicked in, and I'm that scared kid again, and I completely fucking shut down. And I'm arguing with everybody, unless it's not a good look. But. I feel like the biggest part of that is just like realizing, recognizing the signs, removing yourself from the situation, mm -hmm. and just trying to better yourself daily. But yes, 100%, you're the first person I've ever actually talked to who had the kind of PTSD that we do, where we actually ended up moving from our hometowns to get as far away as possible. Yeah. So I, she did too. Oh, you did too? Right. <laughs> yeah. We so are think, from the same part of New York, actually. Okay. So. I think that would be a really interesting case study to see if any if that's just like a normal thing of like the fight or flight kind of deal. Mine would be more uh, the more you do the same thing and then nothing ever happens, you gotta make some sort of change. I've been yeah. I did it for thirty one years and nothing changed. Why am I gonna keep do why am I gonna keep doing the same shit? Yeah. It's I gotta be better somewhere else. Mm -hmm. that's that's that what that's a lot of what it was for me too was that like you know 30 years I, I i've lived in new york and it's been nothing but pain misery and that's not that's not to say that like i, I didn't have good memories in new york you know what i mean like I, I, my father still lives in new york he's one of my best friends you know and my sister lives in pa now but you know so there are a lot of good memories but you know when you stack the good memories up against the bad memories it's like bad customer reviews Everyone remembers the bad customer reviews. They never remember the good ones. You're always going to remember the bad shit before the good shit. And it just got yeah. to the point where that was all I was thinking about. And I'm like, nothing's going to change here. I got to do something different. I, I, or I'm just going to be this ball of anxiety for the rest of my life. I'm like, and I refuse to live like this. I quit my job. I packed up my shit. And whew, I was gone. <laughs> like, that was it. That was all she wrote. You know? I lived with my uncle for six weeks. And then I bought my house from him. Yeah, see, my thing was, 
so I had all this really bad shit going on in my life, a lot of negative influence, addiction, the whole nine. And another part of me leaving, um, it was running from family. Um, for the longest time, one of the few memories I have of my dad was him smacking the shit out of me with a hot fire poker that he just pulled out of the fireplace. Oh, Jesus. I obviously didn't know about all the mental issues that he had or did have or anything like that. But there was a lot of things that happened between me and my dad that drove a huge wedge between us. Mm -hmm. And another thing I learned in recovery and on top of trying to deal with the depression and PTSD is make room for forgiveness. Mm -hmm. Try and see the other person's side of things. Right. And it's so much so that, like, for the first time in over a decade, I finally talked to my dad. And uh, on New Year's Eve, he came down to Florida and hung out with me. And now that's a happier memory I have of my dad because there's so much more information that I got from him that explains a lot about me, that explains a lot about our relationship. I mean, shit, I learned for the first time in 31 years over New Year's break that my dad's unit in the army was the unit that broke in the American general Humvee for the army. He really? said, you got to spend a week paid in Sierra Nevada, just beating the shit out. I mean, awesome. How cool is that? I, <laughs> See, I, I wish I could do that with my mom. I wish I could, but she's not here. And I can't recall a time when she was sober. Once I was old enough to have a conversation, I can't recall a time that she was sober enough to have a conversation where we could, where I could have gotten answers. And then, you know, she obviously took her own life. And I think that's that's the hardest part of it for me is I'll never get answers. I'll never get answers as to as to why she did it, why she did it she did when I was a kid. And that's why I always tell everybody that you know sometimes you have to settle for the good enough answer when it comes to working through stuff like this because you're never gonna you can ask why all day long sometimes you're not going to get the answer to that question so if you can reconcile it in your mind for what's the good enough answer for something you've got to be comfortable with it and, and, and just keep trucking along or you're just you're going to be stuck in that infinite loop for the rest of your life asking why you know and that's unfortunately what i had to do you know, and it, it works, you know, it's, it's still one of those nagging thoughts in the back of my mind, you know, when the day ends and the dust settles and everything's quiet, you know, that thought creeps in of, you know, why the fuck, you know, why, but, you know, so I, I want to say, man, like you saying that really just fucking put me in a weird spot, dude. Um, so my issue with my mother is a lot more complicated. Mm. Um, she was a big part of my childhood trauma. It's something we've talked about a hundred times with her, between me and her. Uh, when I moved down to Florida three years later, I had to go back up to Pennsylvania for a month because my mom ended up in rehab. Uh, her alcoholism. And I don't know if it's going to sound fucked up or not, but in my head, I was like, oh, this is like a weird similarity between me and my I ain't going to rehab. You know, I got clean by sure willpower. Like, mm -hmm. I knew that, like, I was putting a poison in my body that I didn't need anymore. Mm -hmm. 
And so I was trying to be there for my mom and everything. And at that time, when we're doing like that big, like if you go to a rehab and they have the option for you to allow family to come in, um, my mom, her husband, me, my grandmother, and my aunt all showed up for this thing. And uh, that's when my mom announced that she was divorcing her husband. Wow. And I just kind of like sat there because her husband was another person that was like massive when it comes to my childhood trauma. Right. I mean, just he used to beat the holy fuck out of me until I was 17 and I realized that I was bigger than him. And that was mm-hmm. the first time I ever stood up for myself. And uh, it was bizarre because there was a part of me that was hurt again. Like, I was happy she's getting away from that potentially abusive situation she was in with him. Right. But at the same time, I was hurt because, like, you know, I'm telling you all this shit for years of all the shit and all the trauma and everything I'm experiencing. And you just fucking brush it off. Like, I'm a piece of shit. Like, I mean nothing to you. But now because it's a situation that you're in, now you want to do it. And I had a really hard time accepting that. And I've talked to her about this before, and she never has an answer. And always, I'm sorry. She apologizes. And I've had a really hard time accepting that apology completely until you just said that, which made it really click in my head. We're like, appreciate the response that you get. Like, if that's all you can get right now, then just be happy you're getting that. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's, I've had to do that a lot when it came to her. Like I said, it's, it's not that I ever, I never even got an apology from her. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, about Grizzly's, your, your mom, it was your stepdad, right? She used yeah. to I assume that relationship was extremely abusive. So I'm not going to say it was or it wasn't. Well, I mean, any type of abuse, a mental abuse, emotional abuse is all abuse. Abuse is abuse. Yeah. So when you're younger, you don't really pick up on that, especially like what I was saying mm-hmm. earlier. Like I blocked a lot of my childhood out. Yeah. Um, things I do recall was he was very abusive towards me and not towards my little brother because my little brother was his legitimate son. Right. Was he abusive uh, towards her? Your mom? Like again, like I was saying, I, th- th- there's a lot of shit I blocked out, so I'm not 100 sure. But what I do remember was when I was 17, um, their drinking was getting way out of control, mm-hmm. and that's coming from somebody who enjoys getting a little turn up on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just remember it was a school night. It was a Wednesday. I heard a bunch of screaming downstairs. It was fucking one o'clock in the morning, dude. And he was over top of her, throwing her down on the couch. And that was the first time that everything clicked in my head where I'm bigger than him. I know I'm stronger than him because through football and weightlifting, I think I can take him. And I remember that was like the first time in my life that I wasn't afraid of confrontation. Mm-hmm. And with the question you asked, Morgan, I think that maybe that th- there's no way that's the first time. Yeah, that I would say right. probably. Well, speaking so, from somebody who has been 
This is just to get some sort of understanding because she says she doesn't know and all she does is apologize. Um, Because I've been in an abusive relationship. That's why I left New York. Uh, People who are victims of that type of trauma, people who are in love with somebody who is like that, don't see the bad because they only because there is good times and they only want to live in the good times so they hold on to that while the bad times are happening they'll get better they're going to get better they're going to get better they're going to get better so when they say i don't know we really don't know we really have no idea because in our head it's like we need to go we need to leave this is bad but they're going to get better they're going to get better and it just it's a constant fight so when we say we don't know we really don't know why we stay it just I had a a similar situation uh, with one of my mom's boyfriends. So she, it was, it wasn't uncommon for drug dealers to be in and out of my house when I was a kid. I mean, it, it was, it happened, you know, guns, all that shit. I saw it all, (laughs) you know what I mean? And uh, she dated this one guy who was, who was a pretty big alcoholic and he was also an, an abusive piece of shit. Um, I came in, because we lived in a, in a duplex and then, you know, my mom wasn't working. This guy wasn't working. So we got kicked the fuck out. Um, and luckily the, the church that they went to, um, which always struck me as ironic, um, had an apartment building out behind the church where it was literally where one person should have lived. Um, but myself, my mother and her boyfriend lived there, you know, like there was no separate rooms. It was an archway between the room, my room type thing. So I was never there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I came walking in the door one day and I, I saw this guy just beating on her. And like, I'm 14, I think 13, 14, I had been 14, 14 years old. And like, I've never been a violent guy in my entire life. You know what I mean? Like I said, even talking about being a bouncer, I always took the Patrick Swayze way out. Like, I don't want to fight you. Let's just let's just fucking end this nice so no one's got to get their teeth knocked out. You know, um, and I was, I've never been a violent person. And I just remember, like, I just I saw fucking red and I just I started across the room after this guy and I ripped him off and threw him on the floor. And I just and I'm sorry for any of my friends or family that hear this because I don't tell this story very often. Um, I just remember beating the fuck out of this guy. Like, I just, I fucking hit him. I had five or six times. And then he went to try to like fucking come at me. He pulled the knife and I grabbed the knife from his hand. And I was like, that'll be the last fucking thing you ever do. And I'm like, if I ever see you put your hands on this woman again, I said, you won't have hands. I said, I fucking promise you that. I said, get your fucking shit and get out of here. I said, are you leaving in a body bag? And the guy got up and packed his shit and left. And then I have my mom screaming at me, throwing shit at me. Well, why would you do that to him? And I'm like, he's literally just beating the shit out of you in, in, in the fucking living room. What do you mean? Why did I do that? Like, he's going to fucking kill you. So she starts beating on me because, you know, whatever trauma bond she has with this fuck stick, you know, that's beating on her. And I fucking got up and left. And it was probably about six months after that. I, I called my dad up who I hadn't spoken to in years. And I was like, you need to come get me. I'm like, if I stay here, I said, I'm going to die. I said, 100%. I said, I'm not. I said, I refuse to end up like her. I said, you need to come get me. And that day he came down. I packed up all my shit and I fucking left. I never looked back. I didn't talk to my mom for Christ. All of high school, most of college, I didn't speak to her. 
it wasn't until I graduated college and the girl I was talking to at the time convinced me that I needed to try to have some relationship with my mother. And that was the world's worst idea because she financially drained me. I spent all my money supporting her, flunked out of college for my second degree, taking care of her, you know, and I get it, man. <laughs> it, it, like, it sucks. There's this weird perception that like, somebody who goes through like a lot of trauma especially in their childhood like you hear so much and this is just my personal belief i it doesn't mean it's right or anything like that but you hear so much that oh my god i couldn't imagine you know i i couldn't imagine going through what you went through mm -hmm. i think that does get in the way sometimes of the fact that there are actually people out there who have been through similar situations as you that you can actually talk to about this shit to vent to get off your chest so mm -hmm. you don't have to fucking just hold it all in and it, it, it's very eye-opening in a sense because th that's something i feel like just gets lost on everybody 100 percent. it's yeah it, it's very hard you, you know what i mean like it, it's hard like you're saying it's hard to find someone who can identify with that you know what i mean there's yeah. empathy you know, and empathy is great, but it's different when you can talk to a person that knows what that's like, that knows what it's like walking in the house and having your own mother beat the hell out of you for no fucking reason other than she's high or she's drunk. You know what I mean? That's that's a different kind of, I don't know the word I want to use there is, like recognition, yeah. you know, because they've been there. They know that emotion. They, they know what went on in your head when you're going through that. And being able to talk to someone who understands where you're coming from makes it that much easier to process it. You know what I mean? Like... I love my girlfriend to death and she'll listen to me tell stories that I grew up all, all day long about stuff like that. She didn't, I mean, she had similar stories, not similar stories, but you know, she doesn't have the best relationship with her father, you know, but she understands it enough. You know what I mean? Where she can try to help out with, with it. but even she knows that like it gets to a certain point where she never experienced anything like that, you know? So how do you help someone through that situation when you really don't understand what it's like to be there? And I think, that's a lot of reason why guys don't yeah. and people in general, really, when you get, get right down to it, don't talk about stuff like that because it's like, how could you understand where I was coming from? Yeah. You know, it's, it's tough. There's, a, it's, there's also the other aspect of it though. Like a lot of the abuse from my mom when I was younger, she wasn't drinking when that happened. Um, mm -hmm. My mom, my mom's a product of her environment, right? So mm -hmm. she was abused by her father, then my mother abused me. So it was like one of those weird things for me where I had to learn that like you can break that cycle. Yeah. Because th that was for me, that was one of the biggest fears of like having my daughter like, fuck, is this shit hereditary? Like, am I going to be mm -hmm. an abusive parent? Like, I, I, I feel like once you actually have your child, though, like all that worry just kind of fucking leaves your brain. But what you were saying though about explaining everything to your girlfriend and like actually opening up to her back in january i had that moment with my girlfriend where um we were at a bar one night i was going through a lot of mental shit just piling it on with whiskey's not a great idea yeah i'm better <laughs> um and i flew off the handle at somebody it resulted in me getting a gun pulled on me and having a complete mental breakdown because you know the ugly part of feeling that way is sometimes you get suicidal and 
mm-hmm. you know, pissed off that you didn't get killed that night's one hell of a thing for your significant other to see. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally finally had to like sit down with her and have the whole conversation. Like she knew bits and pieces. Yeah. But I explained the full scope from like start to finish to her and mm-hmm. with not bottling it up, that's one of those things we have to accept that if somebody does love you and they do care about you, they will sit there, they will let you cry on their shoulder. Make no mistake, my girlfriend is five two. I'm six two. I'm sure if somebody looked through their fucking window, it would have been really weird seeing me crying on her lap, just laying there in tears. But like, you know, I had explained to her start to finish. And if any relationship's worth a shit, that person's still going to be sitting there next to you, Mm -hmm. trying to comfort you as much as they were in the beginning of that. And that's another thing why I was saying in that video, like, you know, when somebody who really cares about you. I mean, there's a lot of people who say they care about you, Mm -hmm. but the older you get, I feel like you're better at deciphering the, oh, I care about you. Come here. Right. Exactly. And who actually cares about you? And all you can say is, you know, I'm fine. I'm still guilty of that. I don't think that's something that I'm ever going to fucking break a cycle on or anything like that. Because that's, Mm -hmm. as men, that is our fucking default thing we don't always want to talk about it because there's so much shit constantly going on in the world there's so much shit going on in everybody's personal life there's so much shit happening around us on a daily fucking basis why would what i'm feeling trump any of that no i and think then, no go ahead and then you have a moment like that and you realize like holy fuck i feel so much better that i finally opened up and told somebody all this shit and how i'm feeling and maybe we're making connections on why things are going bad for us right now and Mm -hmm. so it is very important to just throw that shit out there i I know it seems really difficult but once you get past that fucking predisposition part of the male brain and just fucking go for it like you feel the weight get lifted it's incredible for me it it scares the hell out of me because i know how i feel about what i went through yeah and you're always worried of what someone else is going to think you know like i said you know they they hear ptsd and they think you're 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 fucked up beyond repair it's not the case you know but you're always hesitant to tell people because you always worry if they're going to they're going to say no nah, it's okay but then they're silently judging you you know and anytime i've ever met any 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 girl that that i've i've talked to thought about dating that's one of the first things i tell them because like listen i'm not going to tell you the whole story but i'm going to tell you right now this is what this is what i have okay like just full disclosure about it and i've met quite a few women who say they're okay with it but they're not and they run the moment you you have any sign of issue with it the one thing i can say about my girlfriend and and why i love her as much as i do is two weeks ago i had a ptsd episode and she texted me and she goes how's it going i said not good she goes what's going on i said mid ptsd episode without hesitation she picked up the phone and called me didn't know what she was walking into didn't know how she was going to handle it her first instinct was to pick up the phone and be like i'm here what do you need they're out there there's people out there that that will literally wade into that and sit there with you not knowing the first fucking thing of how they're going to help you 
yeah. but they're going to be there. And I'll tell everybody that you're going to go through a lot of people that aren't going to know how to handle it. Like you said, they're like, oh, I care, right. but they don't really care. Right. But they're out there. And when you find them, don't let them go. Because those are the kind of people that are going to climb down on that hole with you until you can get out of it. And, Absolutely. You know, it, it's tough. You're going to have to feel vulnerable. You, you literally have to put it all out there and understand the fact that there's going to be a lot of times you're going to get burned by it. But there's also going to be a lot of times that you're not going to get burned by it. I mean, Morgan Freeman's voice has heard not a lot, but she's heard some of the shit that I've went through and she's never once blinked. Yeah. after anything that i've ever told her that's why she's one of my best friends <laughs> you know what i mean so, like, I'm it's, by pretty much anything yeah i mean she's <laughs> not much phases her it's just like yeah okay you know <laughs> kind of <laughs> but it's kind of got like a lighthearted story about that aspect of things so when i first popped off on tiktok i made the video that was before i knew i had ptsd i knew something was wrong with me mm-hmm but I just didn't know what the fuck it was. And I kind of took on like this weird role for a little bit of like speaking with veterans. And I remember when the Afghanistan pullout happened, for example, I was on video chats with people night after night after night, checking in and all this craziness. And, you know, because here you have a bunch of disgruntled veterans who feel like, their lives were fucking wasted for nothing like mission failure. Like you didn't do it. And I felt so horrible for these people, man. And Mm -hmm. some of these dudes are still some of my best friends to this day, but with my girlfriend, knowing what I was doing on TikTok, especially trying to help the veteran community and push to get their voices heard. Sometimes she would cross that boundary of realizing there's a difference between social media and real life. And this is actually how I met one of my best friends. We were at a bar one night and she goes up to this guy who looks all down and out. And she's like, he's explaining his life story and everything. And he just, she just brings this random dude up to me, just fucking out of the blue. Hey, this is Alan. He's going through da, 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 da. Get his Snapchat. You guys should be friends. <laughs> Veteran going through PTSD, all this shit. I'm like, motherfucker. But. Turns out, dude, to this day, still one of my best friends in the entire world. And it was, like, mm-hmm. very weird because you think about it, and it's like, why the fuck do you do this shit? But it's also the thing, like, you know you have something going on. He has something going on. Like, it's going to be good for both of you guys to talk it out. And every time Absolutely. one of us have, like, a weird thing, we will hit up each other first thing and just be like, all right, here's what I'm going through today. Okay, this one going. All right, what the fuck are we gonna do about this? Let's meet in the fucking middle and make sure that we make through this day, baby steps. You know, it's very hard because I've been asked by a couple of people who don't have PTSD. It, it's very hard to describe it to them when they say, "What's it like?" Because it's it's hard to put into words. It's different. You know what I mean? It is, and it, it it is very different for everybody. And I tell anybody, I said, if you really want to know what it's like to have PTSD, um, this is the closest thing that I've ever seen to putting it in a picture where someone can watch it. Um, the movie Man Down with Shia LaBeouf. Um, great movie to illustrate what it's like to have PTSD. Uh, for me, anyway, what, what, what it feels like inside my own head. And I say, watch that. I said, that'll tell you everything you need to know. Like, granted, like, I'm not a combat vet, so it, it, it's not like I think that I'm in an active shootout, 
but just take that at its base level value. Right. Of he thinks he's going through something that's really not going on. But in his mind, it's 100% real. That's what he's doing. That's the situation that he's in. And he can't snap out of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's what it's like. Yeah. I'm like, it's literally like everything. Like you're, you're physically in the present, but mentally you're back in the past and you're just you're right. reliving it. And it just plays on repeat and you just get stuck there. I'm like, and it is the most terrifying experience in the entire world because you know what's going to happen and you can do nothing to stop it. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it terrifies me when it happens because it's like, no, like I, I spent years trying to forget this shit. I don't mm-hmm. want to, I don't want to see it again. You know what I mean? It's it, to make matters even worse. It's such a mind fuck. Like you could be having like the best day ever. Like, yeah. literally, the greatest day in the world, you could just hit the fucking Powerball, and you could just be living your best fucking life. But all it will take is just one little thing in your brain to flip that fucking switch, and mm-hmm. I'm reverted back to getting the shit kicked out of me as a kid or something. Like, it's PTSD just, it, is a very cowardly fucking thing yeah, it's so it's so goddamn cruel like there's it no is. two ways about it, it doesn't fight fair it, it no. doesn't fight fair 100 does not fight fair it fights dirty every time and it waits it waits for those moments where you you're not thinking about the fact that you have ptsd or all the any of the shit that happened when you were a kid you're happy as fuck and then it's like psych motherfucker yeah here's a i'm here to remind you what'd you say kelly Here's a memory that you forgot about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, here, can I offer you this selection of horrible shit that happened to you when you were five? Let's like, not. Did you maybe. hear that trigger word that, that stranger said? Remember this that happened when you were four? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it, it sucks. And it's it's one of those things that it's like, you sometimes you can't control it. I've gotten really good at picking up on when I know it's coming. And yeah. if I can pick up on it early enough and I know it's coming, I can kind of... I hold it off or, or lessen the impact of it. You know, I kind of brace for it. But there's sometimes like what happened two weeks ago where like it literally it was just like one moment, like I'm sitting there and I'm fine. And then it was like Phew. like some like I said, someone flipped the light switch and I'm just mm-hmm. like, there I am. You know, and I it's it fucks with you really hard. Yeah. I mean, even two two and a half years of being diagnosed with it now, yeah. it's still it's not it's gotten to the point now where like i'm able to process the fact that i'm reliving that what gets me and what lingers after the fact is of just how quickly it happens and you're there and it's like there's no breaks it's just and you're there and i think that's still what bothers me the most about it what really scares me is that it's you know yeah and i the I think the other messed up part about it is too is like I was saying earlier, you know, with my history with addiction and everything like that, like the pharmaceutical route was completely out. And I found other ways to deal with it that were legal and not some not. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's all legal in Florida now, I guess. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something my therapist actually told me that I need to do to not be a threat to society, whatever the hell that means. Um, <laughs> but like the whole thing for me about it is though is like a question i guess i could ask you guys uh because this is my first time actually in like a setting of people who go through similar shit as me uh is it one memory for you guys or is it just a whole bunch that gets triggered it depends uh, it depends, yeah. depends right. on what it is it, uh, um no go ahead go my ahead. ptsd the majority of it is 
my last relationship. So most of it, it'll be a memory from those six years. But there are other things throughout my life that are triggered for some reason. I get stuck in those memories. I feel like it has to be some sort of PTSD. It's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. But it, I do get stuck in moments that are, they could be considered traumatic, I guess. Um, I mean, logically, I'm like, how is that even traumatic? But they can be considered traumatic, I guess. I've been told <laughs> that is traumatic. And I'm like, I don't know. Let's see how they, okay, I guess, I guess it's traumatic. But... For me, it also depends. Um, words really don't do it. It's not like someone says a word that'll trigger me. It's usually situations or similar situations um, or or particular feelings. Like, we'll just be honest about it. Abandonment is a big one. Um, that's, that's one that'll really get me going. Um, seeing any kind of child abuse or domestic spouse abuse, stuff like that, that's, that's one way to, that'll, that'll trigger it. Um, it's really non-discriminatory. Like PTSD is non-discriminatory. It doesn't give a fuck. It's just, it's like, Hey, this is sort of related to what you just saw. Enjoy. You know what I mean? And that's what sucks about dealing with all that trauma as a kid is because there's so much of it, you know, like, and I feel like you and I have probably had a lot of similar experiences. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There's so, and it's shitty to word it this way. There's so much that you can pick from, you know what I mean? It's like, a fucking bingo basket like here just take this one and like there you are again, i don't even that. know i have like i know there's triggers that have like there have been times that i've been stuck in a memory and i won't know how i got there yeah. like, why why am i here right now how did i even yeah same it? thing i've had that happen before so too. one of the things that i'm grateful for from therapy i guess in a weird way even though as much as i felt like it was gonna be something that was gonna get held over my head eventually um, I went to a preschool when I was a kid and they were abusing the fuck out of like all of us. Mm-hmm. My mom swore up and down, like, no, no, it didn't have, didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And then over time and reaching out to some of the other people who were there, like I couldn't really explain these feelings about shit that was happening. It turns out like, you know, all this shit happened to everybody there, like getting me with extension cables <laughs> Yeah, right. getting be with extension cables at like two years old, getting duct taped outside and just your diaper. Like a lot of really fucked up shit happened there. Gosh. Good lord. And look up Half Moon Hill Preschool. I did, there was something that happened in Belfont, PA, man. It was so know. fucked up. I know exactly where Belfont is. That's, That's my hometown. Listen, I am going to write this down. What's it called? Half Moon Hill Preschool. Half Moon Hill Preschool. Why do I feel was like I remember hometown. hearing about that? Like later on in life, being being from the New York familiar. area, it was pretty big news in the Northeast, mm-hmm. from what I understand. Granted, yeah, I was very young. At that far. I was from Corning, so. Oh, okay, yeah, I know exactly where Not you're at. Far. Same <laughs> area for me. <laughs> small fucking world. Small yeah. world. <laughs> Why on TikTok? Yeah. So, but yeah, like you know, so the pros and cons of therapy is like you do unlock regressive shit or things of that nature Mm -hmm. but like you were saying with like the ptsd the child abuse thing i I don't know if it's because of the shit that i went through when i was younger or what that one is always such a huge trigger for me that and like any kind of abuse of like people that like can't really defend themselves always been a huge one for me and another one is and this is like the weirdest one for me that has no fucking explanation i can't explain it 
I call it the thousand yard stare. When yeah. nothing's happening. And my girlfriend is actually the first person that pointed this out to me because for all my life I've been doing this and never noticed it. I know exactly be, what he's talking about. I'll be doing something like scrolling through TikTok, reading comments or something. And all of a sudden, like, I haven't been, I, I'm scrolling, but I'm not actually like reading. And I'm just like kind of like staring like straight ahead and like just blank emotionless, like nothing's going on. Yep. Until, you know, I get like the couple snaps or like she comes up and yep. like rubs my back or something. And it's like, Oh, fuck it happened again, huh? Like they uh they started, I don't want to say coining that phrase, but that phrase was really popular during the Vietnam War era mm. with all the stuff that the soldiers saw over there. They said you could tell what guys had been in the shit and which ones hadn't been in the shit, and whether or not they had the thousand yard stare. He goes, yeah. Well, they would just stare straight off. And like same thing happens to me. And it's not like I don't I don't want to call it like a PTSD moment. Because, like, I'm not, like, having an anxiety attack or panicking, but it's, like, you just see something, and it triggers a memory, and you're just... And you're in it. And you're uh, just... You know what I, I mean? You're zoned the fuck know, out. <laughs> I didn't know I did that until... I mean, I knew I did it, but I didn't know really how often I did it until I was working outside at the job that I currently work at. My mm -hmm. supervisor and his best friend, I don't know if they're best friends now, but at the time, they were both supervisor buddies. And... I, I got stuck one day. I don't know what it was, but they, I guess they had tried to get my attention for a minute or two and I was not, I was just stuck. And they kept asking me, they're like, what were you watching on the TV over there? What's what TV are you watching? I'm like, it's not funny. Like, I don't, I don't know. I just got stuck looking at, I don't know. It's always fun to try and explain that to an employer without like feeling like you're a complete and total psychopath. Like, yeah, I, I've <laughs> yeah, done that exactly. so many times. And I'm just like, well, how do I explain to them that like I just had a PTSD moment without trying to get the, without getting the sympathy card and without them trying to think like I'm trying to pull some stolen valor bullshit? Because for me personally, like I say, all the work that like I've done, like trying to help veterans and shit like that. And being from a military family, like there's a lot of military in my family. How do you not feel like you're pulling some kind of weird ass stolen valor bullshit yeah. because you've been diagnosed with something that's so closely related with military service? Mm -hmm. I, uh, I used to explain it because I was a department manager for a, for a healthcare system for an IT department in New York before I left for five years. And I'd always just tell them it was my brain buffering. I like, like what do you they're like well what do you mean i'm like well like my mind's moving so because it really is like you know when you're in one of those ptsd episodes your mind's just ripping yeah you know i said my mind is just moving so fast that like the rest of me just can't keep up with that i'm like everything's trying to catch up to him like it's like like a video buffering on youtube so i'm just like I'm like, and then I'll snap out of it. And I'm like, okay, I'm good. And like, that's the best way I've ever been able to describe it to anybody without sounding like a total psycho. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, this is buffering. Sure, don't worry about it. <laughs> but uh, feel free to use it. That's, I, I tell everybody that. Just like, just say that. They tend to be Absolutely. like, oh, okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I was using lagging out for a little bit. <laughs> no, that's I realized, one too. Everybody realized what lagging out was. <laughs> yeah. They're not gamers. They don't know. My yeah. ping is too high. So I'm just <laughs> like, that's exactly what it is. But yeah, no, it's it's tough. I think 
part of me wants to say that I've seen certain parts of being able to discuss this start to get better. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you, you hear it more now where people at least acknowledge the definite mental health crisis in, in the male community. Um, but even when I was like looking for like statistics and stuff for Friday's episode, you know, every bit of advertising that you find for mental health is, is almost predominantly geared towards women. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I, I get it. I, I understand it. But at the same time, I think you, you know, I don't want to be that PC guy and, and, and yeah. sound like a certain type of individual, but I don't, I think that needs to be gender non-specific. You know, start making promotes women as insane. Yeah. Well, well, yeah. Fair. So my <laughs> my my whole issue with it was is so for example, the video in which you found me through, it was what I was feeling at the time. I used that video as a form of release, mm-hmm. but some of that anger was coming from the fact that that day I just found out that June was National Men's Mental Health Awareness Month. Mm-hmm. Not a fucking clue that existed. And no offense to anybody, but just like being a man and all your feelings feel like you get pushed to the bottom of the tier, June, you're competing with Pride Month, Juneteenth, whatever else other holidays that they're going to throw Father's on top Day. of it. Father, well, let's be honest, Father's Day is not really much of a thing anymore either. Right. Well, yeah, fair. That's a so, good point. <laughs> yeah, so it's getting put like all the way at the fucking bottom level of here's what we need to care about this month. Men, we'll get to you later. They are trying to erase alpha males completely. Yeah, they've been calling it toxic masculinity for the longest time. And yeah, it's not toxic. The thing- I want it. Shut yeah. <laughs> so the thing the thing though that pissed me off about it was I was like I understand like women go through mental health issues. Trust me, I've seen it firsthand with a lot of the women in my life mm-hmm. and I feel especially the shit that happens with postpartum like after childbirth. No fun fact. I found out in doing research that men can actually be affected by postpartum depression. Oh, as well. at, yes, absolutely. It's a hundred percent true. I didn't know that. I was just like, wow, <laughs> that's yeah, crazy. But like, so I'm throwing this out there for men's mental health awareness. And one of the few comments I got to read before the comments on that video got like out of control was women by the hundreds coming in there and being like well then i must be a man because i've then and i feel so bad because one comment in particular i fucking targeted and made a video about i saw that yeah and it was very important to me to open that video up with like please don't attack this person yes this is a learning moment maybe she didn't read the fucking caption who knows and pointed out to her like you know here's what you're feeling here's why i said this here's why in this one case in particular your opinion does not matter for example in the promotional piece you guys put out for the live uh it's either four and one men or three and one men three to one or four to one four to one yeah that's the suicide rate of men to women in this country absolutely fucking mind-boggling to me 
that we are doing this thing for National Men's Health Awareness Month to bring awareness to that what that one statistic alone should fucking mm-hmm. hold enough weight. But because of the stigmatism that there is with not only just being a man in the mental health space, but in my personal opinion, with just being a male in general in 2022, mm-hmm. like they, it just doesn't fucking matter. And that's why at the end of the video, like I wanted to let people know that like, no, fuck that. There, there are people out there that think you matter. Like I fucking care about this shit. Mm-hmm. Like if you feel like that, I fucking care. I know you're going to go through the comment section of this video other people are going to tell you they fucking care because there are actually motherfuckers out there that still care about the way dudes feel in this country. Mm -hmm. Fuck everyone. Again, my opinion, I don't want to get you guys in any kind of trouble, but I feel like, I feel like a, a lot lately, especially over the last five years, equality is becoming it's coming as disguised in supremacy. I'd agree with that. And unfortunately, we can't find equality until men are just completely fucking buried. People don't want equality, they want special privileges. Exactly. So it, it's been one of those things where it's just like, I'm noticing this in my day-to-day life. I, I had to find a way to cope with how I feel as a straight male in America in 2022 mm-hmm. and well, dealing we, with mental health issues on top of that mm-hmm. and trying to find a way to bridge a gap for fucking everybody. So we could just agree on one goddamn thing for five fucking seconds. So maybe we could just eliminate the suicide rate altogether. I know that's a fucking pipe dream, but for the love of fuck, like shit. Yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, And it's always bothered me because, you know, Father's Day rolls around. And and again, I'm going to disclaimer this whole thing. I'm not shitting on women. I'm not slamming on women. Okay. This is 100% just my opinion on how I see this when this happens. Father's Day rolls around. All the women got, well, happy Father's Day to me too because I got to be the dad too because I'm a single mom. But if a father does that on Mother's Day, no, this is our day. I got a story for you. I used to do that. I did that for the first five years of my daughter's life until one of my friends who was a single father who couldn't have his kids. He was like, how come I don't get a day? He said, you get both days. I don't get any days. Yeah. And I was but like, I'm not ever saying it again. But that's <laughs> the point that I'm making is that like they can, they can encroach on a father's holiday. Right. And that's fine, but you can't do it the other way. Right. You know? We get a month. We get a month about men's mental health because it's it doesn't get talked about. The suicide rate among men is astronomical as compared to women. So someone finally said that we need a month to recognize this, and women got to jump on the bed. Let us have one fucking thing, one fucking thing. I told why I felt guilty for actually being on the show because I am a woman. I said it's men's mental health. I shouldn't even be here. No, no, no. See, and here's why I'm happy you're on here because there is a perspective coming from a female that you can offer to us that maybe we just don't fucking see. Because I'm yeah. not going to lie, I will be the first to admit this. Man vision is a 100% fucking real thing. Oh, okay? yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, <laughs> I deal with Wyatt all the time. So, hey, hey. But like you're saying, 
like you're saying though, like the Father's Day thing, like you know, when it comes to Mother's Day, and don't get me wrong, moms have an incredibly tough job. They got to oh, carry yeah. the baby to term, birth it. I was in the li- delivery room and I helped birth my daughter, and like after that, like so much fucking respect to women for that. Mm-hmm. But Mother's Day, you walk into any store, there's a hundred goddamn banners. There's these beautiful flower and chocolate displays, and beautiful fucking made. jewelry. And then, like, you walk into a store around Father's Day, there may be one sign just reminding you of the fucking date. Skin and that sign's, that sign's usually above the ties and the socks. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's, like I said, I, I hate making it seem like it's the plight of the men. You know what I mean? But, yeah. like, there is a disproportionate recognition for the shit that we go through, too. And it, it, it all goes back to those societal stigmas. Well, men don't care about shit like that. We fucking do. We do. We do. What? We do absolutely care about shit like that. But y'all just assume that we don't, and we just don't say anything because that's what we're told to do. You're uh, a dude. Suck it up and soldier on. Fuck it. I've already driven this close to the uh, cancellation cliff. Let me just, you know, throw this out there. Dive right off. You know. I like that. <laughs> and there's the other thing too, where it's like, you know, oh god, the plight of the straight male. Oh my god, poor pity on his soul. Then they throw statistics in your face all day that like make you like feel like you're the fucking devil because of your your sexuality and yeah. the gender you were born, and you have to feel like less than human because people view you as a demon for this. You have to fucking constantly be in fear over everything because of preconceived notions of history. You have to be in fear because. God forbid if I speak out about men's mental health awareness month and I try and put precedence over fucking pride with something that helps straight men, not just straight men, but men in fucking general. Cause this is what this yeah. is for. It's not, it doesn't care if you're gay, straight, bi, trans, if you're a fucking person with a swinging dick and balls, this is your month to talk about what the fuck's wrong up here. Right. So, but- you get My so close. Is, aren't, aren't men also, don't they also have emotions? And like that also goes with it being straight. Like, yeah, gay men have emotions too, but it's not it's not the same. It's not the That's, same emotions. Straight men do not feel the same. It's, but but think think of how all the cards are and again, it's gonna sound like the plight of men, but it, it is what it is. Think about how the cards are stacked against men yeah. in a variety of situations. A lot of states when it comes to 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 custody rights of kids, the father's already on the losing end of that. Yep. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter. So I'll tell you a story real quick. Again, my mom was a drug addict. She was an awful fucking parent. Why did my dad continually have to try to go to court to get custody of me when there was an unsurmountable amount of proof that she was a shit parent? But I still lived with her. New York is fucked. I'll be the first person to say that, but it's like that in other states. When it comes to sexual assault, the guy's automatically guilty before the evidence is even presented. And how many people, how many times have we heard stories that a guy's been sitting in jail for something he didn't do? I feel like how that, that's how it is in general anywhere. You know, as soon as there is a, some sort of allegation anywhere, the men is always the enemy. Always. But think about how backwards that is. Oh, I know. Well, men, are, be- men are automatically guilty or, or at fault for all of this stuff. So, you, like, we're at the forefront when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Oh, it's your job to take out the trash, you know, fix the garbage disposable disposal, do all this man shit. You know what I mean? Like, that's your responsibility. You're a dude. So you put literally the entire weight of the fucking world on a man's shoulders. Okay. 
he has to worry about going and talking to a woman at the bar now because god forbid she she wakes up the next day and thinks oh my god i don't like the fact that i talked to him it was rape yeah you know what i mean oh my god if i have a disagreement with my wife my kids are going to get taken away and i'm never going to see him again because i'm automatically going to lose that custody hearing you put the entire weight of the fucking world on a man's shoulders and then have the balls to look at him and be like you don't have a reason to be sad how does that make fucking sense there's no logic to it the reason why i was hesitant of posting that one video was because i posted videos in the past like this whole custody thing with my daughter has been going on for so goddamn long that it supersedes my stint on tiktok Mm -hmm. and one day i was just feeling really down about it and i posted a video just about like how shitty i was feeling and i will never forget i got a comment that said I want to feel for you. I really do. And I I, I remember this verbatim because I will never forget it. They said, I want to feel for you. I do. But you're a straight white man. I have no sympathy for you. Yep. And I was like, I was like, yo, what the fuck? So that threw me for a loop. But then on top of that, you know, what you're saying, the whole sexual assault thing. That, it, to me, is a very slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. The whole believe all women thing. The Me Too movement, when it was full steam ahead, it was fucking beautiful. There were people getting taken down who should have been taken down years ago. But because yep. of, and this is, you know, just the name of it, not saying that it's all dudes involved, but because of the good old boys club, a lot of these people got protected for so long when they should have been thrown in prison a long time ago. But all it took was a few bad actors to make everybody kind of like step back and be like, yo, this this isn't no, we're not doing perfect example of it. I would be remiss and I would be an absolute hypocrite. Or let me rephrase that. I would be remiss if I would have said, You guys know who Modern Warrior is? Mm-hmm. I would be remiss if I said that I wasn't kind of hoping some sort of legal action would have came across him with that whole fucking thing that he did. Uh, The uh, misleading sexual assault or whatever the fuck she was trying to call it. Uh Yeah. But at the same time, no matter how much of a scumbag Marm Warrior is, we all know that that wasn't sexual assault. Right. Exactly. So. But how many times does shit like that occur and the guy gets thrown in jail for it? Oh, absolutely. Well, it's like, who I think that he is. That yeah. he's at fault. Yes, because one time somebody claimed sexual assault against him. Predator. There you go. And now everybody believes it for the rest of the time. Yeah. I, I mean, perfect example of that. And this isn't a fucking political thing. This is just facts. Look how many people still believe Donald Trump got pissed on by r- Russian prostitutes to this day. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still hear that every other week. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, people that were manipulated into staying in their houses two weeks. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, that's why I just said two weeks and left it at that because there was so much more I could have taken. If it. you're in but Australia, right there's there, some camps involved. The I mean, yeah, exactly. But like, it didn't take much. I think, like, a perfect example of this is, though, take the uh, giant Depp and Amber Heard trial. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think if that would have happened in 2016, anybody would have given a fuck about what Johnny Depp had to say with that whole thing? Probably not. No, because no, that was in the throes. We were in the midst of the Me Too movement. A lot of people were getting called out, deservedly so. Nobody came forth and lied and muddied the water 
and set that movement back so fucking far by doing lies for fucking political gain or for clout. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's kind of in a way scary to think what happens on a daily basis. Now I saw the what. What's the thing they're trying to push now? Where um, if you have a crush on a woman. That's now considered sexual assault because she didn't give you her consent to have a crush on her. Wait, what? Dude, I wish I wish this was a fucking lie. I oh, this is something God. that's being pushed. People in general, need to stop being so sensitive. It's something that's being pushed on social like media that. and college campuses right now. Like, and I wish I was lying. But see, that's that shit. That's that shit right there. A plethora of dudes will get nailed for that. And oh, you'll no. never hear about a woman doing it. And I think all of those dudes still have the constitution. They are allowed to have they didn't touch you, they didn't violate any of your rights, they didn't say nothing to you. They can feel however they want to feel. Yeah. Well, just, just remember oh, it's come out in the last two years. Not. It's come out in the last con- two years that the constitution somehow, some way, didn't know somebody is no longer absolute. Didn't uh-huh. know that. Yeah, no, it- I will go to my grave. It is absolutely well, unfortunately here in Florida. We just lost our fourth amendment rights. Thanks to the current administration. So yeah, I heard go, go ahead and look into the uh, search and seizure bullshit. They just pulled the golden border. Yeah. Blow me. But I'm glad you brought up the Johnny Depp Amber Heard thing because it's, you know, in, in, in the same conversation, you know, about men's mental health, you know, there's a lot of other things that dudes go through that get overlooked. We yeah. absolutely get abused physically in relationship. We can absolutely be raped. You know what I mean? The yeah. fact that on a national platform, for lack of a better way to put it, you saw that a jury said that dude was absolutely abused. Are you are, are you paying attention now? Like, are are you paying attention now? Like, there's your I, proof right there. I dudes go through this for years. every single day. I thought he was abused for years. I, I told my mom, I don't even know how long ago it was. It was years ago, though, because we were still in New York. She made a comment about him being a scumbag. And this was before I was awake and knew that they were yeah, all, you know, Fritos. Mm-hmm. But um, I said to her, I said, Mom, she is abusing him. I said that that is, that is a battered man, and she's like, "No, he's not. No, he's not. He's no, he's beating her up. Not like so Will Smith. I'm telling you right now, it's the other way around. Same thing with Will Smith. It is the other way around. You know, mm-hmm. I, I fortunately came to some common sense because I was gonna do a video that was gonna I, I would have gotten so fucking nailed to the wall for it at my gym. I was gonna do this thing called the Toxic Woman Challenge. <laughs> I don't want to see this challenge. To raise awareness for the unspoken of toxicity that is women that we were seeing at the time with Jada Pinkett Smith and Amber Heard or anything of that nature. Mm -hmm. Walk up to your buddy and slap the dog piss out of them. And just say, awareness for whores. And walk away. And I was going to have my buddy who i'm not going to name him in this because he's got a lot of good shit going for him in the strong man arena right now and he's one of my workout partners and i was going to have him be the one to walk up to me and slap the living dog piss out of me which would have worked at the time because i just had dental surgery done so my entire face was like the weekend numb 
So he could have literally just slapped the shit. I mean, I wouldn't have felt a thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was like also very bizarre, you know, talk about coincidental. All the shit we've been seeing over the last couple months leads up to this exact month here. Mm-hmm. And if we've seen anything, I feel like the general population is more awake to the fact that there are such things as toxic females. Mm-hmm. But with all that that we've learned to this point, you feel like as a country, we'd be more comfortable talking about this subject of men's mental health. And it still feels like, you know, outside of this platform right here, you know, I've seen a, yeah. it's slippery slope. I've seen a few big creators on TikTok talk about it, but I don't hear it on fucking major podcasts that cater towards men. You ain't going to see it on ESPN. Mm-hmm. Damn sure you, you know, you, be on television at all. Yeah, it's not going to be on television. It's not going to be in the media. Unless they're pushing a medication that goes along with it. Well, Unless yeah, because they... oh, Look, here's the only way you're ever going to hear about it. If Donald Trump kills himself and they can make a 60 minute, two hour special out of it and it can be sponsored by Pfizer. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. the only way you're ever going to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's ridiculous too because if you really start to look at the reasons why bigger creators and bigger platforms don't discuss it, it's because they don't want to upset certain groups of society. Because as as Morgan stated early, we got to label those toxic masculinity. We can't have sympathy for men because they're all toxic. So they're not they're not going to talk about it because it disrupts the people that they cater to, and they you can't do that. You can't. I won't name them. You know who I'm referring to. It's nothing against them, but they get so up in arms about that stuff that it's like you're in order to not upset them and get them in their feelings over stupid shit. You're going to overlook an entire group of society that have actual feelings about shit. So again, so much to the point that they're killing themselves at an alarmingly higher rate than women. You're okay with that because they're going to get butt hurt. Well, I think what it has to get, like, if we're being honest with this, like, really honest, and we're peeling back the layers on the onion, this all boils down to the death of the fucking nuclear family, man. Mm-hmm. It started in the fucking black community, and now we're here. Yeah. We're going to, the Democrats are going to sign into office some trumped up fucking drug laws that are going to get black dudes who are selling a little bit of weed on the side, 25 plus years in fucking prison for weed keep this in mind because this is fucking mind-blowing to me weed is legal in almost every fucking state whether it be medical or recreational at this point Mm -hmm. and there are still people in prison serving sentences of 25 years plus for selling something that is now legal yep Yep. bullshit i agree and then it just fucking commute the sentence and get them out of there Trickle down fucking economics, man. Now it's hitting the fucking white communities where, all right, so we, we've we gotten the criminal aspect locked up. How can we go after people who aren't criminals? All right, black, white, Hispanic, Asian fathers that aren't involved in any kind of criminal activities. Oh, no. They've manipulated society so society can make you a criminal without you even acting. No, not just that. They incentivize single-family households. Hey, women, not making that much money. Your man may not be making as much as you would hope you would make, but you guys are just above board. 
How about we get you to what you could ever possibly want? We're going to give you WIC, food stamps, financial aid. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to get child support. You're probably going to get over half of what your man makes a month. All for just being a single mother. Go ahead and kick his ass to the curb. You don't need that, man. Live your best life, queen. Yes, queen. It's all that shit. True. We are brainwashing an entire generation of women to think feminism equates to hating men. Women will tell other women to take their ex for everything just because they are bitter. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like they're mad at their ex. So you take everything, even though your situation is not as bad as mine, you take him for everything because he's an asshole. And it's like, well, what happened with us did not happen with y'all. So like, why would I do that? Because like he said, that's what feminism is disguised as now. My daughter's father is in prison. Okay. The only reason why I took him for child support is because New York state made me, they made me. And I'm like, I don't, he, what am I going to get from this man? He's not ever coming out of prison. He's going to be there until she's 18 years old. So like, what am I going to get from him? He's supposed to give me $25 a month. Don't know where it's going to come from, but okay. State of New York, whatever. (laughs) You make money in prison. That they make you totally that put him in debt for the yeah. rest of his life for no reason. Because, like, I'm one, I'm never going to see it. I'm never going to go after him for it because yeah. he's in prison. Like, $25. Like, what? Well, I mean, if he was out and he was doing stuff, you know, it'd be different. I want the $25. You need to take care of your kid. But, like, he's in prison. I don't expect anything from him. No, yeah. no, no. Cigarettes. Hold on, though. Hold on, though. <laughs> $25 a month for 18 years. I, I mean, I'm sure, you know. <laughs> I mean, if I were to do that, I'm sure it's a decent amount of money, but like, I don't need it. I, don't I mean, in today's economy, like, yeah. that's like a quarter you tank. Know, that, no, that's like, know, that's like a gallon and a half of gas. Like, you, you know me, I don't want help from nobody. <laughs> I'm good. I got it. <laughs> Look, if you save up that $25 a month for the next 18 years, you can eventually get a full tank of gas. Listen, listen, I, yeah, she's exactly. She's 213. She doesn't worry. You got to 10x that shit, man. Like, <laughs> yeah, 10x yeah. it. <laughs> All right. Well, we're uh, we're at an hour and a half. Um, the end of the show, we always have the guests do final thoughts. Um, yes, the show is about men's mental health, but the final thoughts can be and anything that we want to be around. And yeah, don't. Well, I mean, we're not live, so we can't really dip out. <laughs> um, but yeah, the floor is yours. Final thoughts on anything you want it to be on. All right. So I think I'm just going to keep it rolling with the theme of the show for the day. I think it's really difficult for us as men to not only compartmentalize everything that's going on, but actually feeling like our voices fucking matter, especially in this day and age. Um, I'm not saying that like I'm a success story or a fucking role model by any fucking means. But, like, you take somebody like me, drug addict, homeless, mental health issues out the ass, like, literally, self-harm used to be a large process in my brain. You can make something of yourself regardless of your fucking situation, and that's not just towards men. That's men, women, children, gay, straight, bi, trans... I don't, I don't give a fuck. Like, there's room in my heart for love for everybody. 
And if those words can any way, shape, or form help you, then please, by all means, fucking reach out to me. TikTok, Instagram, I don't give a shit. But at a certain point, before you can get to that next level where you start helping yourself or you start reaching out for help, the biggest thing that I think is important for us all to keep in mind is that you don't get to that next level without seriously looking at yourself. Recovery, mental health issues, you never get to that next step of life without wanting that next step, without having that hard conversation with yourself. Granted, you may not be able to help the situation that you're in in life that fucked you up, and that's okay. But just make sure before you go on this journey, knowing that there is closure, that you you this is what you actually want with life. Because just know, life is fucking beautiful, and there's a lot more out there than just being trapped in your own fucking head all day. Amen, man. Very true. Well, um, thank you for coming on. I'm really glad we got to do this. Uh, um, I wish we could have done it with everybody else, but this was, I think this was great. I like that it was just us three talking about it. Um, so thank you for coming on the show. Um, it was a great discussion. Uh, everybody, remember, later tonight, we're actually going live. With the larger panel of guys to continue the discussion um so please check that out other than that thank you for tuning in and watching this morgan do you have anything yeah we should have you back on talk conspiracies yes oh bro i was definitely gonna say that <laughs> listen so the network that i work with right now that's producing all my shit. i do a wrestling show called the buckle bomb show on bomb media productions it's on youtube uh, we're kind of on a hiatus right now because our editing computer kind of decides it's going to take a shit on us. So that should be back up by the end of the month. But I'm also recording the first season of my solo show called Quality Human right now, where I take a bunch of influencers and musicians and small business owners, and I have in-depth conversations with them about their life. The Wish Joe Rogan that we were speaking of earlier, that's what this show comes into. Um, right so that first season is getting uh, filmed right now. I tried and I pushed so goddamn hard to get conspiracy theory show and it just got poo-pooed on. Man. <laughs> so anytime you yeah. guys want to talk, I will be back on. I will blow your minds with shit. Maybe you guys Absolutely. will blow my minds with shit. It will be a blast. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. She's got a tinfoil hat. I have a tinfoil uh, helmet that she made me. I will so. get some tinfoil underwear and we will be completely <laughs> shitty. Nobody's got underwear. Yes. Oh, Listen, yeah, definitely. I don't know if this is just a dude thing, but I'm very protective of everything that's down there. So, yeah. tinfoil underwear. We need this, to this market. Not this. Do a whole lot. No, I'm with him on this one. He's unless, unless it's you know like industrial, like ours are. I Listen, that's fine. It, it's going to keep its shape. So that's a beautiful design. I've never seen a tinfoil hat look so intricate and beautiful in my life. It was just like the point, and then. People on my TikTok was like, you need to make it into a crown. So I did. And then I just added the spiral. And now it's just the whole thing. It reminds me of Skyrim. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like the um oh, the Night it? King. The Night King is yeah. from, from Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. Never watched no, we'll, an episode. Watch it. What? Good. I did the oh, same thing. So I was good. like, no, stupid. 
it's not. It's Listen, I'm a wrestling fan, okay? If I want a year worth of payoff to be disappointing, I will just go back and watch wrestling. Well, I so heard what you guys went through with season eight, all right? I don't need more disappointment. Together. When you watch it all together, it's just, not disappointing. The disappointment it's not is they just so watch, long without... Watch everything up until the Battle of Winterfell. No, he can season watch it because no, 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 no. Be, he doesn't know anything of it, so you're not going to be disappointed because I didn't know. Listen anything. to me, I, I got you covered on this. After you watch the Battle of Winterfell in season eight, be done with season eight, and it makes a much better ending than the series. My girl is a huge Game of Thrones fan. Like she <laughs> cosplays as um, the mother of dragons chick. That's how much I know about this shit. But she said, if I just watch the Red Wedding, we'll decide Whoa. after that. If I oh. want to continue starting with the beginning and watching the whole show or not. And to this day, I have somehow managed to evade that and a Harry Potter marathon. So I must yeah. be doing something very right. I got my wands right there. I also have Tyrion up there. Listen, man. Start. We're dudes. We're tough. We've seen a lot of fucked up shit in our lives. The Red Wedding will ruin your whole day. Will it? I will tell you that. Oh, my God. It's awful, man. It's yeah. perfect. I, this is going to sound really sick and twisted, and I just don't know if this is like coming you're from what you're talking about. Go after that, then. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I challenge welcoming something that is going to be more twisted or fucked up than anything that happens in my head. There is literally one film in this entire world that I will not watch because I know it's more twisted than what happens up here, and that's a Serbian film. I've heard so much about that movie that I'm terrified to actually watch yep. that one. Never, I will never watch that. Never I've watch seen, that. I saw a small clip and was like, "That's not for me." I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> real life stuff that has pretty much fucked me up royally, so I can pretty much watch everything. Nah, like see, the, like I wouldn't watch the Human Centipede because a bunch of people go and ask him out. It's not oh, that, I need to see. That sounds like a Friday night for me. So that. Then, <laughs> oh no, I'm good. It's good. It's gross. You know what movie was actually surprisingly really gross? Tusk, and it wasn't gross until the very I end. I don't think I watched it. Was, it was a Kevin Smith movie, and it starred Justin Long. And he gets kidnapped, and the scientist turns him into a human fucking walrus. And the end of the film, his girlfriend is now banging his best friend, and they go visit him at a zoo because when they rescued him, they didn't know what the fuck to do with him. He's already a walrus; they can't turn him back. Long, tall, skinny, motherfucker yeah. with dark hair. The, the kid from, from Accepted. Yeah. yeah. And it was directed by Kevin Smith of Jane Silent Bob. That's crazy. I might have to I'm watch that. It sounds that. so interesting. And Johnny Depp's in it, too, I believe. Oh, now I go. have to watch it. It's yeah, got a rabbit hole in it. I'm telling you right now. Full circle. <laughs> we're bringing this wagon back around. All right. We're good. We, we came back at the beginning. Um. All right, guys. Thank you for like I said. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you check out the live episode coming later tonight. Anthony, thank you very much for showing up here. I greatly appreciate it, man. And we will definitely have you back to talk conspiracy theories and any other bullshit we can come up with. Right. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it, and I'd love to have you guys come on Qualified Human as well. This has been an absolute fucking ball, man. Absolutely. Let us know. We'll definitely be there. Um, have a good night, guys. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>